What do you actually need out of life? What do you want out of life? What what do you want your life to look like? What are your desired life ingredients? Water, warmth, freedom, and community. Those are my desired life ingredients. So anything I do, any decisions need to meet those goals essentially. But to have those goals, you have to first of all ask those you ask yourself those reflective uh, temperature checking questions. You know, where where have I come from? What do I want? Do I want the same? What do I want to be different? Hello there and welcome back to My Most Authentic Life. I'm your host, Fede Vargas. Today I'm joined by Rosie Bell for the conclusion of our two-part interview. Rosie is a location-independent travel writer, author, and freedompreneur. She helps people travel and work online through courses, books, and mentoring, and she has appeared as a travel and life design expert on the likes of ABC News, NBC News, Business Insider, and the South China Morning Post. If you're interested to listen to the setup for today's episode, please have a listen to episode 7. But before we get into the full interview with Rosie, I want to congratulate our guest from episode 5 independent recording artist Mishi for surpassing 5,000 streams for her single Canvas. If you're interested to hear the fascinating inspiration for Mishi's single, please tune into episode 5. Congrats, Mishi. And now let's get into the fun conclusion. Here's part two of our time with Rosie Bell. So in episode seven, we left off with uh, Rosie's life ingredients, which you heard off the top. Water, warmth, freedom, and community, and how those ingredients inform the decisions that she makes. Um, so again, so for for me, if I was to today to be offered a job, for instance, uh, you know where I'd I'd have to be based somewhere. That does that that wouldn't fit in for me because I I need that freedom. I love the fact that I think it's so delicious that you know if my friend is getting married next month, I can fly to London. I can go to that wedding. I don't have to ask anybody for vacation time. I don't have to see if it fits into my time like time zones. I can do whatever I want with my life. To be fair, I am also a slow mad, so I do live, I do tend to live places very long. I don't generally generally tend to dart around very much because I don't think that it doesn't work for me to actually get to be as productive. However, I have the choice to. I can go anywhere I want to um, because I've intentionally designed my life this way. Not everybody will necessarily want the same things, but I think you have to ask yourself the questions like, what what, what makes you happy? What are you unhappy with now? If if you had to look back at your at your life that you've lived so far, where where have you been the most satisfied? What would you like to change? I think we need to ask ourselves these sort of temperature checking questions. Um, and then then create and create our life goals, create our life ingredients. It's, I think it's like, you know, if you're baking a cake, what like, and you want to make the most delicious, beautiful cake that is your life, like what ingredients are going into that? And for me, you know, as I mentioned before, like I need the warmth. Uh, I just don't thrive in, in cold places. And I, I definitely have seasonal affect disorder, sad, um, as many people may know it as. Um, so, it, you know, when I whenever I was in London, I sort of was in this cycle of enjoying the summers, but sort of living in fear until the winter. And so now I've just eradicated winter from my life entirely. I just don't do it anymore. It's 
pointless for me. It's not good for my mental health. It's not good for my work. I'm not as good of a friend if I am not, if I am not well myself. So these are the way that I, I build my and fortify myself um, with by adding all these ingredients that I love into my life. I'd say that's that's what people should do first. Ask yourself the questions. What do you desire? What do you need? Amazing. I love that. I love that. What are your life ingredients? And you've listed those four there that are brilliant. But now what would you say to someone listening to the podcast and say, hey, that's unattainable. That's just, that's a pipe dream. It's out of reach. The attainable question is a big one that uh, that comes around in terms of uh, digital nomadism. But actually, it's I mean, I'm not going to uh, sit here and say that, you know, I'm, we can wave your wand and be a nomad in three months. Absolutely not. But it is actually so much more attainable than you think, especially because um, of the, you know, great reset, the great mindset re- that the pandemic uh, ushered in, where people are actually a little bit more uh, accepting and amenable towards remote workers. Um, more companies are open to the idea of it, of you working somewhere else, even though, you know, their company is based somewhere else. There's a lot less resistant. So that's already one thing that's in people's favor now if they're wanting to start. And then in the attainableness in terms of, let's talk about finances, for example. If you have a job and you live in one place and you take off two weeks and you go on a very, very big epic vacation, you probably would spend a quarter of that money like living somewhere, you know, somewhere else in the world for a month. Honestly, my my monthly, what I would spend in London in a month sets me up for three months in Panama, uh, living there, just in, in just comparing costs like one place. And Panama is not even the most inexpensive place you can live in either. So for me, I just enrich my life so much by moving somewhere else. Um, so what finances tend to be something that people think of, but actually, you know, for, first of all, if you've identified your goals, you know, this is something that you want, you know, you want to work towards this. There are so many things that you can do in your life to actually start working towards that. So, you know, you start saving a little bit, you cut back on your Netflix or whatever, or, you know, your, your little holidays. And if you actually are very scared of the idea of it, you can actually just take, have a mini, mini nomad experience, dip your feet in lightly, you know, go, go somewhere somewhat close to home or somewhere that's not too culturally different from where you're, where you're from. If this is your first nomad trip, for example. So, you know, maybe go to somewhere that speaks the same language as you, or maybe if you're in the U S your neighboring state or a different state, have a little, have a, just test the waters a little bit to see actually if it is for you. Um, us nomads who have been traveling for years and years and years, we're still figuring out things about ourselves, what we like, what we don't like, the ideal ways for us to travel. Um, but test the waters a little bit. And actually, and actually, I think you will on those on those trips see that it's actually much easier because there's so much infrastructure now. You can go somewhere, literally live in a co-living and co-working space. So boom, friends and family instantly, um, you know, and though, and then also if you don't do that, then you can do a group, uh, group work and travel program. Uh, like, as I mentioned earlier, Hacker Paradise, Remote Year, Wi-Fi Tribe. Um, there's, there's quite a few of those. And then they actually organize your airport pickup, your SIM card, uh, tell you where the nearest uh, ATM machines are. They literally, it's like a packaged uh, experience. And that's probably actually one of probably the best ways to dip your feet into it. It's so much easier. 
Can you please repeat those for the audience, please? Uh, absolutely. There are group and work travel programs like Wi-Fi Tribe and Remote Year and Hacker Paradise. And um, they have wonderful package itineraries where you and anywhere from 10 to 30 nomads can go to Florianopolis in Brazil for a month and they will show you everything. Everything is set up for you. Um, you know, they'll advise you about visas. Actually, I know what one thing Remote Year does. Remote Year is the pioneer of group work and, pro and travel programs. They actually have advice about how to convince your employer to let you go remote in the first place. Um, it, it's so much easier now. And this lifestyle is so much more attainable than you think it is. That's brilliant. Thank you for those resources. And we'll put those in the episode resources. And thank you for reframing the idea of attainability. And one thing that you touched upon was uh, finances, which is, I think, one of the number one obstacles mentally, mindset obstacles for people. They're like, oh, that's financially unattainable. And I'm glad you mentioned the lifestyle in London, because now that I've been back in Canada, I've been confronted with, I see I see how even after you know leaving my big corporate job, and the security of it, I now have more with less. And part of that has been because of the downsizing my lifestyle, uh, maybe not buying the designer brand or the fancy coffee. How has downsizing or redesigning your life like that uh, impacted your ability to live this life? Downsizing, it's great that you mentioned that because actually I think, um, don't they say that if you own too much stuff, your stuff ends up owning you? Um, and uh, I actually did. I sold much of my stuff um, before I moved to Panama to start my nomad life. Um, and it's crazy. I'm, I'm kind of a little bit of a, I like to be very organized. I have Excel sheets for everything. And I have an Excel sheet of everything I own, every single item of clothing. <laughs> And at some point I actually counted everything that I had and I had like something like, and that's, this is after selling lots of things. I sold, I sold lots of stuff on eBay. I made thousands and thousands of pounds from just selling stuff. And you'd also be surprised people on eBay will buy anything. Like somebody bought like a Union Jack pencil I had and I, do, I don't even get it. But anyway, I sold all my stuff, all the things that I didn't need. Um, I completely downsized. So actually I only have, I have about seven boxes of, of, of items, which are at my sister's house in London. That's where they live. Um, but every time I go abroad and I think about the fact that I do have that stuff at my, still at my sister's place, I think, well, I'm not using this. I've been here out here for a year and I'm using this. So do I actually need it? Do I really need this Portugal mug that I bought in Albufeira in 2011? Do I really need this? What do I need this for? You know, and then you have like extra luggage. You actually, you pay for that luggage. You pay for it in, in you know, with actual money, but you actually, you're less mobile with the more stuff that you have. So if you just have one suitcase, so now I travel with one suitcase, a blue American tourister. Um, that's what I travel with now. And I can go anywhere. You know, I, I can, I, I have everything that I need. I have my hair straightener. I have a clothes line, uh, you know, a, a mobile clothes line with me. I, I have a, I have a mobile home in that suitcase and I can go anywhere, uh, anywhere warm, anywhere warm, <laughs> anywhere warm. And um, yes, downsizing is definitely very important um, because, yeah, it, it also just helps you be be more free in your mind when you have more when you have less physical clutter. The physical clutter becomes mental clutter. That's really, really, really good advice. And I'm so glad that you mentioned that you're an organizer. 
the people think that living this lifestyle means you're so easygoing, go with the flow, and that it just comes naturally. But actually, no, it involves a lot of organization and analytical skills to mm-hmm. be planned, right? And planning. Of course, yes, because to an extent, even though we can, we could, you know, if Fede, if you invited me and you said, hey, let's go to Mexico City next month, I'd be likely to say, yeah, sure, let's go. However, you know, if you want to maybe go to Rio Carnival, you need to plan ahead because accommodation will be a nightmare and it will be six times the normal price. So you do need to do a little bit of future planning for things like that. We do need to be quite organized. You know, if you're going somewhere, is there a visa that you need? Maybe there's a visa for three months. Maybe there's a visa for six months. You know, you do need to be a little bit organized. Maybe you'll have to enter on this passport, leave on the other passport, you know, things like that. As as much as we are, um, we can say yes to these opportunities. Um, we we do tend we're we're not overgrown college kids, you know that didn't that are just on gap years now, and um, we're not just winging it either. Like there are some people, um, but for the most part, everybody I know who is a nomad in my community are thriving professionals where they have businesses, they have jobs. Um, yes, we travel a lot, but we 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 still get our work done. Um, everybody, I don't know anybody who. Was just like, oh yeah, I have like you know money to last me a year, and I'm gonna like figure it out and see how it goes, because um, that's not actually sustainable. Everybody makes money as as they go along the way, and the more that you actually immerse yourself in these communities, you find you meet somebody. Oh my goodness, you know he's managed to automate forty percent of his business. You you're constantly learning. I'm constantly learning from the people that I meet. Um, it, just so many be- like beautiful, wonderful, intelligent individuals and people who are just also fun because let's face it, this is kind of still not de rigueur. This is still not the um, typical lifestyle. We are off the yellow brick road. So people who are doing this are inherently just a little bit more, you know, creative with uh, with their their ways of being. But we are we are we do tend to be quite uh, organized, I would say. Now, Rosie, please tell us about your book, Escape to Self. Yes, thank you so much. So Escape to Self is my first book. Um, I actually wrote that while I was in Panama uh, on my sort of, I guess, uh, sabbatical or when I was trying to like recalibrate and figure out what I wanted to do after I winded things down with my fashion brand. Um, and it's basically a culmination of all the things that I learned once I actually started asking myself questions. Um, I would say that I, I, the way I like to describe it um, is it's a love letter written by the heart to the mind. Because when you, when you know you're very mind focused or you're very like rational, you're like, okay, I'm going to study uh, medicine. I'm going to be a doctor and I'm going to do this. But, you know, actually it's like, what, what do you feel? What, you know, what would you actually do if, you know, you didn't have to think about money and you weren't following any sort of societal expectation or any sort of anything that you needed to conform to? It's essentially about not doing the things that you're supposed to do, because essentially what I think or what I've realized is a lot of us, we just sort of live on, the, we, we live on autopilot. To an extent, there is, uh, there are prescribed as like norms that we are encouraged to follow, whether we like it or not. And, we, you know, they, they tend to come up at, you know, certain age milestones, 30, 40, 50. Oh, have you accomplished this by the time you're 30? You know, whether that's uh, marriage, children, promotions, a certain salary level, you know, there's, there's just certain things that we are encouraged to do. So escape to self is first of all, asking yourself questions so that you actually just actually find out, are you just doing things that you're supposed to be doing? Are you shooting all over yourself? 
yourself. Uh, you know, just like, oh, I should do this. Or, you know, even when I was at the ad agency, I really wanted a promotion, even though I hated my job. I absolutely despised my job. But I thought, wait a second. Everyone else is being promoted around me. I should be have a promotion by now. I really want a promotion. But did I really need the extra hours? Did I really need the increased stress? Did I really need that? No. Like, it's just, it was a metric. And we have a lot of these metrics and we don't actually even realize that we're driven by them. So it's essentially asking yourself questions to find out more sort of your intrinsic goals rather than extrinsic goals. Like, I want a better car. I want this. I, you know, I want to take tick, 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 tick. But what do I actually need to be happy? So the book is called Escape to Self, Realize, Accept, and Pursue What You Desire. Because uh, first of all, when you've asked yourself those questions and you've realized those things, uh, the second section is about accepting them because what you find out isn't always pretty. That was so beautifully said. A love letter from the heart to the mind. You've listed all the shoulds. I absolutely connect with that. One of the biggest things I've learned through my coaching work is to learn to live as you are versus as you should be. Once we burn all the shoulds, you find freedom. I'm so glad you described it that way. And now tell us about Discovery Sessions. Discovery Sessions is a location independence education platform. Um, so through, uh, through courses, through um, blog posts, and an upcoming podcast as well, um, this is where I will help freedom lovers design their lives around freedom and fulfillment um, and, and work, work remotely and, and travel the world. Um, so it's, it's something that I launched, um, was, I was thinking of launching the, during the pandemic year, probably not the best time, um, but essentially there, and I also mentor people. So earlier, actually, when you asked, what is a way that somebody can start? What are the many ways people can start? And I mentioned, you know, dip your feet. Another really, really fantastic, fantastic way is to actually talk to a digital nomad mentor. So I actually do uh, mentor people as well. Um, for the most part, most of my clients have been women. Um, so a lot of uh, a lot of women have come to me, okay, you know what, you seem to be doing this, you make it seem so easy, you work online, how can I get started? How can I, uh, you know, counter this fear I have? And, and you know, what, what are the what are the things I can actually do to work online? How can I work online? That's a very, very, very popular question. How can I work online? How can I make this work for me? How can I tell my family? Um, so it, that's basically, uh, that's, that's, something that you can do, talk to somebody. There's no better way to learn something than by, than by speaking to someone who's already doing it. So um, I help people there uh, as well. And I have courses for portable professionals um, to, yeah, to just uh, level up uh, and be able to work online and, and, and do so happily as well. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, mentorship. Mentorship is so important. And I, I look forward to your podcast, by the way. You mentioned that there too. Okay, I can't wait to hear <laughs> yes, more about that. Coming up. Discovery <laughs> yes. Sessions podcast coming soon. Woo! Congrats. And now for the bedrock of this uh, podcast, and you've mentioned uh, a few things there that all align quite nicely. What is authentic living to you and how do you practice it? Authentic living for me is living where and doing what makes me feel most alive. Um, I as I mentioned before, and as I, I'm all of the people in my life are probably so tired of hearing is 
I feel alive in places that have this, this energy, this warmth. Like for instance, in Panama, I just, there was always music escaping out of a building and just the places were just so beautiful. I felt so inspired by my environment. It was just, it was just absolutely stunning. Um, Panama has some of, some of the most beautiful islands in the world. And if there's so many archipelagos, I, I couldn't even list all of them. But my favorite ones are San Blas and Bocas del Toro. Um, what living authentically for me is living where my soul feels alive and doing things that make me happy. So where my soul feels alive, um, that's in those places, those warm places, those places with energy, those places with community, um, and doing things that make me feel happy. What makes me happy? Um, think, for instance, running my own business, working for myself. One of, oh, one of things I should have mentioned in my desired life ingredients is no alarms. I do not like to live. I, I just, I, I don't like alarms. Um, it's such a, it's such an absolute privilege that I can wake up whenever I want to. I've literally chosen a job that allows me to work anywhere, anytime. So I'm a travel journalist. And for instance, if I have an article due for, I don't know, Lonely Planet or National Geographic, I have to have it in by a certain you know, a certain date, but I can write that article anywhere at any time. I can wake up when I want to, I can go to bed when I want to, and it's absolutely delicious. That's awesome. I'm a big supporter of the no alarms approach. Uh, so as we start to wrap things up, there's a few things I want to ask. The World Cup. So what are what's the order of the <laughs> what's the order of the countries that you that, that you okay. root for, I guess. <laughs> okay, so my number one team is Holland, is the Netherlands. Uh, the Netherlands is my number one team. I actually always travel with an orange item of clothing in case there is a Holland match anywhere I'm going to be. Um, I already have my clothing packed for the World Cup starting in November. Um, I'm traveling with my orange clothes, so the Netherlands. And then strangely, my second team is Germany, um, which is, you know, somewhat of a rival. But it's just because when I was growing up, I had a German friends who sort of indoctrinated me and forced me to drink German beer with them and watch the games. And it just kind of stuck. I also really love of Germany and German and the language. And I started teaching myself German when I was 12. It's no one gets it. Um, and then my third team is England. Um, because I, you know, my all my family live in London, um, pub culture. And then my fourth team is Nigeria. Cool. Well, there you go. You always have a, you, it's well planned out. <laughs> you're you're probably in the finals most years. <laughs> Exactly. And uh, I do I do also root for Panama if they're ever going to be in anything, but uh, that doesn't happen too often. So about job titles, you mentioned uh, VP of writing, CEO of writing. What is your new title now? CEO of living? I do. I do love Freedompreneur. I do love um, location independent Freedompreneur just because um, I do run different businesses now and they're all they all feed into and support my freedom lifestyle and freedom. That's, you know, location freedom, time freedom and financial freedom. I don't have to rely on any one client or source of income uh, to, for for money. So I'm, I'm free in that way. I'm, I can work whenever I want to. So I'm free with my time um, and I can be anywhere in the world. So I'm free location wise as well. Um, 
So yeah, it's just, it's, it's really beautiful. And I, I would definitely say freedompreneur um, and now a location independence mentor as well, um, because I think this lifestyle has just been such a blessing for me. And I, I really, really feel very strongly about more people realizing the reality of it. And, you know, it's, it, it can be scary and yes, it is challenging, but the rewards are just, I mean, I'm in Barcelona right now and I, as I've had many friends, actually I'm in an apartment with four friends that I met in Mexico uh, two years ago, um, right, 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 this very minute, and these are going, these are lifelong friends now. Um, this lifestyle has afforded me so many blessings, and I really think that more people deserve to know about this, and I and I love to help them in any way that I can. And one last question: uh, We're living through really uncertain times. What keeps you positive? What keeps you inspired? Uh, as we navigate through this uh, uncertain period in history? I, as cheesy as this might sound, I just think that I, I've designed my life in a way where like my, my, my life is a house that I can paint any color. And that, that um, possibility is just so, um, it's just so wonderful. I, any, any day, literally any single day has the opportunity to be the best day of my life. Um, And that's amazing. Wow. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, Rosie Bell, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you for that beautiful imagery and for all the resources and tips and insight that you've provided today. It's been a huge pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Fede. And I'm so happy that we met in Mexico and here we are today. And just being a guest on your podcast, thank you so much for having me. And we wish Rosie much success on all her current and future projects. Rosie's details plus links and uh, information on everything that has been discussed in these two interviews are available in the episode resources. That's today's episode. Please remember that if you're finding value in these episodes, please give us a rating and a review. It will be much appreciated. Until next time, thank you for listening. Have an amazing day and keep on living. Time on. Time on.